when you look around the world today and see so much suffering and so many issues and problems, do you ever do you ever wonder if God listens to your prayers or even cares? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Every day, as part of my routine, I get up in the morning and I check my email and I get lots of email from listeners and, and other people. And included in my daily emails are are a number of news sources that I follow and we subscribe to here at Truth to Ponder so I can give you some accurate news and information. And every day the headlines oftentimes seem glim, glum, and gloomy. I see headlines today. Britain bolsters food banks amid growing insecurity about food and food shortages. 76% of the people in the United Kingdom are worried about food prices and redistribution, and will there be enough? Then we see stories like Kyiv being pressed into concessions to Moscow. Uh, the Ukrainian situation is always fluid, and I don't trust a word that I see on the mainstream media on what is happening in Ukraine. Something tells me not to trust anything that I hear from the United States government, the government in Kyiv under Zelensky, or the news media. I just don't trust it. There's something that is inherently wrong, and I think a lot of people will be surprised down the road. And we find that there's a refinery here in the United States that's going to be shut down. Now, granted, it was built like a 100 years ago, and it's scheduled to permanently close pretty soon, but there's no plans to rebuild. Why? Under the Biden administration here in the United States, you know, we don't have any of our own oil to refine. We've been cutting back. We're depending now on foreign oil. And we see it's no longer a conspiracy theory. Globalist elites have joined forces to form a one world government. And as many have predicted, it'll be done through health. That's right. The World Health Organization will be the catalyst to bring control over countries and the globalists will finally have their way. I'm reading reading a story how in the United Kingdom they're, they're all concerned now about the monkeypox threat. Well, as we discussed on this program a couple of weeks ago, the monkeypox threat is a problem primarily, shall we just say it and be honest about it, in the gay community just like AIDS was back in the 1980s. But we're not allowed to say that in the mainstream media. And then you have the Biden administration, if they can't get the mask mandate back for COVID, maybe they'll do it for monkeypox. Yeah, that that's the ticket. Why do they want people to wear these shameful face diapers? I think it's a part of mind control. And we now know that the face diaper did nothing in keeping anybody from getting or spreading COVID-19. It was just a worthless gesture. But so many of the blue states in the United States, the leftists, they, they demand you wear a face diaper. They want face diapers back on on the airlines. Funny, since they got rid of them, there hasn't been a spike of COVID. How could that possibly be if the if the magic mask works so well. Basically, every morning, my inbox is full of 
a lot of bad news. And I share much of that news with you every day because, well, you need to know what's going on in the world around you. We no longer can trust our mainstream media. Even there, there are times I can't trust Fox News and even, even Newsmax. It's getting more difficult day by day. We truly are living in very unusual times here in the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and literally the entire Western world. There are things going on behind the scenes that I don't fully understand, but I try to discern. And I pray every day that the information I share with you is a benefit. We need to be aware of the news that affects our lives each and every day. Now, today, Jim Calhoun is filling in once again. I appreciate his efforts. And he has promised me something a little bit different for today to benefit all of us. Thanks, Bob. And it's always great to be back on Truth to Ponder. Well, it seems that every time I go to do a show, there's more world events that pop up. But I'm going to take a break from doing a total show on world events and problems and issues and things like that. And I'm going to work on building faith. And I'm going to entitle this show, God Moments. It's the moments that you know that God is in charge, that you know God is there, that you know God is great, and that you know that God is watching out for his flock. And so that's what the show is going to center around. But before I start on that part of the show, I do have a comment on all of the food manufacturing places, the warehouses, the different farms that uh, are burning down the fertilizer plants, the processing facilities, the large food bank warehouses. It seems like that it's not very big in the news, but it seems like every week or so there's a major fire or another event that's just as catastrophic that's hitting our food supplies. And I have come to the conclusion that there's way too many of these things happening for this to be a coincidence. So apparently we have a group of people that are really trying to destroy our food supply. And I think that that's beyond atrocious, beyond horrible, that there's a group of people that would like to cause mass panic or starvation or famine, whatever they're trying to do. Well, they've got my attention, and I think they've got the attention of a lot of other people as well, but of course not the mainstream media. No one's going to talk about it. But it seems to me that we have a group behind the scenes, kind of like back in the day when you had the Weather Underground and other radical groups like that. And you have the Save the Tree movement that they were hammering all sorts of pieces of metal inside the trees and so the loggers would get hurt. I think we have a group kind of like that. Only this group is much better funded and they're spread out all over the United States. Because coast to coast and everywhere in between, we're seeing a lot of destruction within our whole food supply, our food chain. And the latest incident is this fire up in Minnesota that destroyed a chicken facility that was producing several million eggs a day. It's hard to comprehend that many chickens lost their lives because somebody is wanting to disrupt our food supply. The needless killing 
of any life form like that is just sickening to me. And I think of the birds and the terror they must have felt as the flames were engulfing that building. And of course, they're all in confinement, so they couldn't get anywhere. And this has got to stop. I don't know which group is behind it, but I hope that we, the people, can get to the bottom of it. Because I absolutely have no faith in the government or our legal system, which is absolutely not a justice system at all. I have no faith in them of getting to the bottom of anything that's truthful and honest. You might say that I've crossed the line. I can no longer trust the federal government. I can no longer trust the FBI. I can no longer trust the CIA. I can't trust these people. And I guess it is because I've changed, but I've only changed because of their actions and what they have been doing and the groups that they've been funding and the dirty tricks that they try to pull on people to get them to do something illegal. I guess they call them sting operations. But the way the FBI and the CIA are doing it should be absolutely illegal. It's worse than entrapment. And also, these organizations have all been proven to be just nothing but liars. And they're controlled. They're not working for we the people, in my opinion. So I just wanted to touch on that real quick, that I think that our food supply is absolutely being targeted. And so I guess the reason I want to tell everybody this is that I think you need to make sure that you're stocked up with food. Because just like the gas prices have went through the roof, Food prices are going to follow, and then pretty soon you're going to have to decide on whether to put gas in your car or eat, and I hope that none of the listeners to Truth to Ponder ever get to be in that situation, but realistically, I think there's a great possibility that's going to happen. Make sure that you have a stockpile of food, no matter how small or big it may be. Just make sure you have some food in reserve, because I think you're going to need it. Now, with that said, I want to get on to the main topic today, and I want to talk about God moments. And I'm just going to tell you about God moments that I've had. And if anyone out there has any God moments they would like to share with me, all they have to do is get a hold of Bob Bierman, and Bob's email address is bob at truthtoponder.com, bob at truthtoponder.com. And he'll forward any emails to me. Well, I've had so many moments that I call God moments that I know that I'm going to leave a few out. I hope that my experiences can enlighten you, embolden you, encourage you, refresh you, and also bolster your own faith. Because ultimately, that is what this is going to boil down to, is our trust and our faith in Almighty God. And since I no longer have any trust in any of mankind's institutions, I'm putting 100% of my trust in Almighty God. And I have faith in everything and what God is, what he's all about, what he's doing, God's kingdom. I have total faith in everything that God has ever done and is going to do because God is great. And he's revealed himself to me many times. And so I'm going to start talking to you about some God moments. I'm going to start out with the big one, and it's the one that 
is undeniably God. Now, there might be some skeptics out there that think, oh, this guy on the radio is just out here making things up. Well, I don't have to make anything up because God is in the business of miracles. And so I don't even have to embellish anything one word. Not one syllable has to be embellished. Because what I'm going to tell you is absolutely 100% the truth. The first God moment I'm going to talk about, like I said, is the big one. Some of you people know this that other listeners don't. And for the ones that know this story, it's good to hear it again. And for the ones that don't know my story, I think they need to hear it. Not for my sake, but to hopefully bolster your own faith. I was in a car wreck a little over a dozen years ago. And I was ejected from the car because I was not wearing seat belts. Well, I was not wearing seat belts because this was an antique car that was built before it had seat belts. You might say, well, why did I have this out on the road? Well, it, the accident was not my fault. I was hit by someone that either was negligent or fell asleep at the wheel, and I never saw him. And so I didn't strike anyone. I was struck. And so the fact that I was in an antique car should not even come into this discussion. And I'm going to say right now that I was never knocked unconscious at any point. So everything that I'm going to tell you is an eyewitness account from myself because I kept my wits about me the entire time. Now, I wish that I didn't because there were some real ugly things that happened. But I can tell you everything that did happen. I was hit in the rear corner really hard, and it made the car do what's called a pit maneuver to where it makes the front of the car nosedive, and it spins it around real quick and flips it. When I was hit from the rear and the car did the pit maneuver, I was ejected through the driver's window. Now, how did I know I went through the window? Because the last thing I remember before this great pain hit my body was the shape of the car window. It was like when you stare into a candle flame and you can see the flame after you close your eyes. Well, it seems that this shape of this window was kind of burned into my retina somehow. I don't know how that happened, but it did. So I can tell you I did go out the driver's door window. Well, I hit the edge of the pavement at about 60 miles an hour. Then the car actually bounced on top of me. So not only was I crushed by the impact of hitting the ground at 60 miles an hour, but I also had a station wagon bounce off the top of me. And again, I was never knocked unconscious. But I remember hearing the car bounce away. And it was just bang, 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 as it end-over-ended. And it was very sickening sound. And I knew that was my car. I knew what had happened. I knew I was in a very bad wreck. And I heard that awful noise. Then I was in this excruciating pain. It didn't last for a long time because after you have so much pain, Something in your body just kicks in and you just kind of go numb. But I know I was in very bad pain. And I knew I was awake. 
and I thought I was going to pass out. I was laying on my stomach, and so I was at the edge of the pavement in the dirt, and it was real dusty. And I told myself, if I pass out and my face goes down into this dust, I might choke on the dust. And so I made fists and put the fists under each cheekbone of my face. And that way, if I did pass out, I was going to pass out onto my hands and not onto the dirt. So I had all of my faculties with me, I was thinking. But as soon as I made that decision, I heard a voice. And it was very audible. And it was very comforting. It was the most comforting voice I've ever heard. And it was a male voice. You can say it was my guardian angel. You can say it was Jesus. You can say it was God. But it was the most comforting voice I'd ever heard. This voice said, Jim, you've been in a horrible car accident. And you're not breathing. But you'll be okay if you'll just take a breath. Don't panic. Just concentrate. Don't panic. Take a breath. Once you take a breath, you're going to be okay. Concentrate. Take a breath. And after about a minute, I was actually able to inflate my lungs again. And the second that I was able to take that first breath, I knew I was going to be okay. Because the voice told me all I had to do was take a breath and I was going to be okay. As I lay there in the ditch, I didn't realize that my my right ankle was up by my ear and it really messed my right leg up. It split it in half along the shin bone and then it destroyed my knee and I don't want to get too graphic here, but I was actually had my ankle up against my ear pretty much. And so that's how bad my leg was hurt. And I broke my back in 11 vertebrae. Overall, I broke those 11 vertebrae. I broke all my ribs off my spine. I broke all the ribs up front. I shattered my right shoulder blade in seven pieces. My pelvis was broken four places. My leg was split in half. My knee was destroyed. And I had a very bad head injury. And that was on the right side of my body. But I didn't have a scratch on the right side of my body. I was just totally crumpled and totally broken. Just like somebody had picked me up with a great big hand and just crushed me. But on the left side of my body, I didn't have any broken bones at all. But I was covered in lacerations. And the thing that almost killed me was the fact that the old-fashioned cars have the door locks that are the little plunger type you push down, and then when you want to unlock the door, you just pull them up. Well, apparently the little plastic thing had broken off right before I hit it. And I stabbed my arm, and I hit my main artery with the little threaded post that that little plastic piece screws down on. And I was squirting blood really bad. It didn't take the EMTs very long to get there. And the EMT was about 20 yards away, and he yelled at me. He said, Buddy, I can see you're awake. He says, You have one chance to get out of this ditch without being a quadriplegic. You have to work with me. And I said, Yes, sir. And then he saw the squirting blood, and he said, Well, we got to take care of this right now. He said, There's no time to give you any deadener. 
And at that point, you know, what, what was, there was nothing he was going to do that was going to hurt me any worse than I was. He basically had a stapler and he just started stapling my arm. And you would think that would really hurt, but I didn't feel a thing. I was, like I say, you have so much pain, you eventually kind of go numb. Well, the voice had told me that I was going to be okay. There's such a thing as a syndrome called dead man walking. That's when you have a severe injury and you think you're going to be all right and you're acting fairly good, but yet you've already been killed. Whatever's going to kill you has already happened in your body. And the EMTs and the ambulance drivers and the life flight people, everybody thought I had that syndrome because I kept telling them, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. I'm sure they were very skeptical of my observation that I was going to be okay. But I never lost faith. Never, ever, ever lost faith. They took me to a little hospital out in the middle of nowhere. And this hospital had no testing equipment at all. And they said, we can't do anything for him here. He's way beyond what we can do. And so they life, they put me in a life flight. And almost all the life flights are helicopters. All but one. They had one airplane in service. Well, I got the airplane. And if you've ever flown into the Rocky Mountains into Denver, you know there's lots of turbulence. And so if you can imagine having your back broken as bad as I was broken, and I was strapped to a, a board, which was very uncomfortable, and I was in an airplane that was being just thrown about by turbulence over, over the foothills of the Rockies, and the pilot yelled back to the nurse and said, if I slow this down 15 knots, we could cut the turbulence in half. And what he was really asking the nurse was, how fast should I be going? Is this guy going to cash it in or, this, or is he going to make it to the hospital? And so I yelled at the pilot and I said, go ahead and slow it down. I'm going to be okay. And the pilot said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your nurse. Well, they get me to Denver. They transfer me to an ambulance. And if you've ever been on Denver streets, they're about like driving over the surface of the moon, I think. I think that they have a pothole department that makes potholes. I'm not sure. Apologies to you in Denver, but the streets are rough. Especially when you have a broken back strapped to a board. Well, we got halfway to the hospital. And the ambulance broke down. I'm not kidding you. The ambulance actually broke down right in the middle of the road. And the ambulance people went nuts. And I said, that's okay. We have time. I'm going to be all right. I kept telling them, I'm going to be okay. Well, another ambulance came, and that was really another rough transference. Anytime I would move, I would scream. It, but it, the pain had come back. And there was no amount of morphine or whatever they were pumping into me that would do anything. And so I'm sure they called me the screaming man because I wouldn't stop screaming. It hurt so bad. Well, they get me to the hospital and they cut my clothes off and they, they take what looked like a garden hose with warm water. And they're spraying off all the hay and rocks and gravel and everything off me. And I'm in this sheet like a hammock and they're holding me up and they're spraying me off. And 
I told them, I'm going to be okay. And again, I don't think they believed me. Well, I finally got stabilized enough where they could operate on me. And I had very good doctors. And they saved my leg. And I thank God for that. And they put me into a hospital that only people that are with life-threatening conditions go to. And the hospital is kind of like a pyramid. The bottom of the hospital that had all the trauma rooms and emergency rooms, they had a lot of those. And then the recovery rooms, they didn't have as many because they lost a lot of patients. So not everybody made it from the bottom floor to the second floor. And then the third floor was people that might be able to go home or might have to go into a care home. And the top floor only had like 13 units. And those were the ones that were definitely going to live. They were the ones that they had to work with. And it took me over a month to graduate from the bottom floor to the top floor. But I got to the top floor and I realized that I was the only one in the top floor that was going to get out of there and be able to walk. I was the only one. God did a miracle with me. He saved my life. And and I was in with other patients that had horrific injuries that I don't even want to tell you about because they're absolutely heinous. And there was several of them that were teenagers and some in their 20s that were never going to enjoy life again, not with the injuries they had. And so God did a very big thing for me. He saved me. And he walked me through it. And he comforted me. And he told me he loved me by the way he treated me. And that's the biggest God moment I've ever had. And on the other side of the break, I'll continue. And thank you, Jim, and what an incredible journey that God has put you on. I know relating that experience is not easy to do. There are a lot of things that we go through in life that when we look back, they're still not easy to to bring back in memory. But I hope that what you shared will be an encouragement to somebody listening to this program today. It's time to get our priorities straight. Even as we are here in Virginia trying to to discern what God would have us to do and where and how to live, we need your prayers. Our home is on the market in in Georgia, and we are looking here, and I'm realizing, I realized early this morning before I even got up, that we need to begin to focus on what is the ministry aspect of our time that God has given us that we will have here in this part of Virginia, and of course, even with his radio program and other ministry opportunities. And so getting our priorities straight, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things the Gentiles seek, the housing, the house sale, all that stuff will be added unto you. And so we're beginning to move into that mode of researching the ministry opportunities. 
Now, as far as this program is concerned, we always ask you to kindly consider giving us your support to stay on shortwave radio. If you can help us do that, we appreciate it. You can go to our website, truth2ponder.com. You'll find our mailing address and information on how to support us. If you don't have Internet access, our mailing address is not too complicated. Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. And on that same line, you can add our secure box number of number 3248. Number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code in Crestview, Florida is 32536. And Jim Calhoun will continue on the other side of this break. Thank you for listening today. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The one who goels you. Coming up, a profound thing. Shalom Aleichem, this is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now in ancient Israel, there was the law of the goel. It went like this. If a woman found herself a widow... The brother or nearest relative of her deceased husband would or could marry her and redeem her husband's line, redeem the house. He'd be called the Goel, the kinsman redeemer. Because of the Goel, she'd be able to have children now, and her debts would be covered and her shame would be lifted up. And one of the most beautiful Psalms is Psalm 103. You know it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Now, in the fourth verse, it says this, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. But in the original Hebrew, it doesn't say exactly that. It doesn't say who redeems you. It says who goels you. That's real significant. What it's saying is that God is your goel. He's your kinsman redeemer. He's the one who looks at your life. He looked at it. He saw your losses, your sorrows, your inability to be fruitful. He joined himself to your life, to you, to, to your sorrow, that your sorrow would be turned to joy, that your shame would be lifted up, and that your life would become fruitful. It means you're not alone anymore. Bless the Lord who goels your life. You're married. God is your goel. He's your redeemer. Not just your redeemer. He's the redeemer who has joined himself to your life. He's married you. He's goeled you. He's committed to you. And because he is, he's now with you. You can forget your sorrows. You can forget the shame of your past. You can be fruitful now, my friend. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's not only redeemed your life, he's goeled you. Hmm. Want more? Ask for the Goel Redemption on CD. Now, how often do you get something offered to you that can change your life? Well, here goes right now. Sapphires to help guarantee you have a walk and a joy of victory. The free gift subscription and the incredible mystery of the temple door on CD. It'll blow your socks off and you'll love it. And now, listen, how do you get this free? Easy. Just remember Jesus is real. He renamed Yeshua and you dial it. That's it. So, to receive your free gift, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing the gospel around the world to touch all the continents of the world. Imagine you could blanket planet Earth with the gospel. You can. This is the farthest way you'll ever touch the world for the gospel through shortwave radio. Just call 1-800 and that is Yeshua-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Right to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 
07644. It's a nice Jewish boy box, 1111 Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Bless the Lord, my friend. He has a, he has go L to your life. Praise the Lord in Messiah Goeleno, our Redeemer. Beerman. Welcome back to the second half of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun setting in for Bob Beerman today. And I really appreciate all you folks tuning in today. And I have to apologize to how choked up I am, and I still am. Because I weep. I still weep for those others. For the other people that were with me. I I weep for them. I pray for them. And even after all these years, I can't get that out of my mind that I was the only one that was going to walk out of there. So God spared my life. And for a long time, I would ask God, why did you spare me? Why? And for the longest time, I didn't feel like God answered. But I knew I had to be patient. Because I can't order God around. I can't tell God when it's convenient for me to know what what his plans are. And so I decided that I would just be still and listen. And lots of times when you're still and listen, you'll find out that God talks to you all the time. He talks to me all the time in different ways. Now, when I had the accident, he talked to me very audibly. And that was the second time that he had talked to me audibly. And that's going to be my next God moment. The first time I actually ever heard God speak to me. But it's very hard for me to relive that event. Because when you're in your 40s, and you're healthy, and you're active. And in a millisecond, you become a very old man due to your injuries. It's hard psychologically. And to all you folks out there that are struggling with life-changing events, just understand this, something that God put on my heart. Sometimes you have to be your own best friend. And so if you're facing any difficulties, treat yourself like you would your best friend. Comfort yourself. Believe in yourself. Forgive yourself. Trust in yourself. And be there for you. I had to do that. And I can say that it really did help me mentally, physically, spiritually, all the way through. So that's something I want to pass on. The first time I heard God's voice, I was going to mediate a family squabble between my dad and my dad's brother, who was my uncle. And there was some bad blood between them, and it was getting worse. 
And I knew that the possibility of salvaging anything was going to be next to impossible. And so I was really afraid step in the middle of that and be a mediator. But both of them asked me if I would do that. I think they just wanted to get at each other one more time. And they wanted me to be a witness to see who started what. I'm not sure if they wanted me to mediate or just were telling me that. But anyway, I was in my 20s. And I wasn't scared, but I was very concerned. But when I got about a mile away from my uncle's house, I heard a voice, very plain. The voice said, Jim, I will never leave you. And I had to pull over and stop for a few minutes. Because that was extremely profound when you're in your 20s, about 25 years old, and you have a lot on your mind of things that possibly could go wrong. And then to have that voice tell me that, that was a very profound God moment in my life. And I still believe that voice. I still believe that God is never going to leave me. Now, that's not to say that I haven't left him a time or two, because I have. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. But God has never left me. But it's God moments like that that can help bolster your faith. Now, a lot of people have never heard from God audibly, and I understand that, because God knows how to speak to each one of us. Sometimes he can speak to us through a sunset, or a thought, or through another person's experience. God has so many ways of communicating with us that we can't even fathom. I'm going to lighten it up a little bit and give you some more God moments. I just had a God moment today. I put up hay, and I do some custom haying, which means I go off the property, go onto other people's property, and I make arrangements to put up their hay, either for shares or, in the case of this church, I keep it mowed down, and my pay is the hay that I get. And the church secretary is also kind of an administrator of the church, and she's been wonderful to work with. And she's been wonderful for the church because when she started with the church, they were struggling. And so through her efforts as a bookkeeper, which I found out today that she wasn't a bookkeeper when she took the job on, but through her efforts, she got the church, all the bills paid, and got everything headed the right direction. And the church was actually able to grow and flourish. Well, she's hit that magic age, apparently, where they kind of want her to step down because they think that she's a bit too old to do the job. You're only as old as you feel and only as old as you act. And she seems to me to be much younger than her years. But it seems like the powers that be in that church want her to step aside and let younger blood come in. And she was explaining that to me. And then she said that her and her husband went on to establish a ministry. And I didn't get to hear everything about the ministry, but I know that they've been distributing Bibles. They're not the cheap little Bibles you get that are real small, but they're handing out really high-grade, nice Bibles. And 
it's kind of a prison ministry from what I gather. And they're getting Bibles to a lot of the inmates and some of the institutions in the state of Nebraska. And her and her husband have put thousands into their ministry. And it seems to be growing. And then I told her about my broadcasting and how that was a ministry as well. And God really laid it on my heart for me to go visit with them and to really find out what their ministry is all about. And God put her in front of me today to let me know that that her and her husband had started a very worthwhile ministry. And it really touched me. And so that's another God moment where God puts people together. And a couple of God moments that you may not believe, but all the same, that's true. I have a piece of machinery that was missing a part. And it's a very important part because when you transport it down the road, you have to block it in place and make it safe. And what it is, it's a sickle bar mower, and it's the bar of the sickle. And the last several seasons, I've just chained it up. Well, when you're chaining it up, you could catch a finger and slice your finger bad, or bad things can happen with a chain on that. And so I was never happy with that. So this year, I thought, you know, I'm going to get a metal rod that goes in and can hold that up really tight. And so I went to build one. I looked all over the property. I have several piles of metal. I thought would have some pieces of metal that would work. And nothing would work. And I was one day away from having to take this down the road. And so I told myself, well, I'll just chain it up again. I can't find the piece of metal. And maybe later in this year, if I have a day or two off, I can try to find the piece of metal or go buy something. Well, the very next morning, I had to go feed some bales to some cows. And these are little round bales. They only weigh 50 pounds, but they're round. And I took the hay hook and I sunk it into a bale and I heard it hit a piece of metal, an undeniable, really bad clunk of metal. So I unrolled the bale to see what I'd bailed up inside that bale, being thankful I didn't ruin my baler bailing up a piece of metal. And when the metal went through, it actually rolled with the bale. And what was rolled up in this bale? A rod threaded on both sides, the exact length, the exact type of thing I needed for this mower that I had searched for the day before for several hours. Now, is that a God moment? You'll never convince me otherwise. And another God moment that I want to tell you about is I was building a piece of machinery for my mower again. It's called a buncher. And what that does is it, it's kind of like a grass catcher on your mower that you mow your, your lawn with at your house. But it's made out of metal and not a, not a bag. I decided I was going to build one because the rain here hasn't been adequate and all the grass is maturing, but it's really short. And that's what these bunchers are for is for short grass. And I thought, well, it might save me some gas as well because if it bunches the grass as it mows it, then I won't have to rake it because it'll already basically be raked with this buncher. At least it'll be in nice little piles. And so I went out to look in my great-grandfather's old metal pile. And 
As I was looking through this metal pile, I found the perfect pieces to build a buncher. So I started pulling the pieces up and found out they were all connected. Because it was a buncher. It was the bottom half of a buncher. And then as I dug deeper, I found the top half. I know I told that story several episodes ago, so I don't want to get into it real in detail. But it was put on my heart that I needed to have this buncher. And then I was led to a metal pile I rarely go to. And I started digging at just the right place. And within five minutes, I'd found my buncher. And another five minutes after that, I found the rest of the buncher. Now, was that a God moment? You'll never convince me otherwise. You see, God talks to us in lots of ways. God knows our heart. And he knows our needs. And God also puts things into our heart. He puts thoughts in our mind. He puts thoughts in our soul. And sometimes we think there are thoughts, but they're his thoughts. We think that there are ideas, but they're his ideas. And God will provide. God will watch over you. God did not put us on this planet to orphan us. We're not a bunch of orphans out here. We have a Heavenly Father who loves us, watches over us, and he talks to us. And if God has never talked to you, if you told me that, what I would tell you is, I'm sure God has talked to you. You've just never listened. Now, I'm not trying to condemn anybody here. But sometimes we have to be still and know that God is God. And God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Because I think we're supposed to listen twice as much as we talk. And I know that's odd coming from someone who has a talk show. But we have to stay very open to hear from God. Because I'm sure God wants to communicate with all of his children on a daily basis. Now, we communicate with God through what we call prayer. And other people use meditation to focus on God. And the way I hear from God is that I consciously am always willing to hear from God. I want to hear from God, so I wait to hear from God. And so I do. God puts people in my life, and God takes people out of my life, just like he does you. God puts things and opportunities in my life, such as opening doors, and God also closes doors. Sometimes that we have a door that shuts, that we think that we've failed or we think that something is wrong. When in reality, God just wants you to go a different direction. And I've had many doors open for me that I did not walk through, that I should have walked through. And I know that it was God opening them for me. But God's not going to push me through. I just wasn't mature enough to listen. And God's closed a lot of doors. Hundreds of doors, probably for everybody. But I don't worry about the closed doors. Because I think that 
When God does close the door, he opens another one up, or maybe two or three. And so I never worry about doors that are closed. And if you have not heard from God, I don't think it's because he didn't speak to you. I think it's because maybe you were too preoccupied to listen. Maybe he spoke to you in a way that you weren't expecting. But I think each of us every day should expect to hear from God. And when you hear from God, give God the praise. Give him glory. Say, thank you, God. I recognize what you just did for me. Thank you. Be very gracious and grateful for the times that God does intervene in your life. And sometimes God can intervene in ways that at the time might make you a little angry. Like, let's say that you're 10 minutes late to a very important appointment. Because let's just say you misplaced your car keys and it took you 10 minutes to find them. And so you feel like your day's been ruined because you're 10 minutes behind in this very important appointment that you have. But in reality, maybe God wanted you off the road for that other 10 minutes. In reality, maybe that saved your life or saved someone else's life. You never really know. And so everything that happens, good and bad, you just got to roll with it and accept it for what it is. So every time I have a flat tire on the car or something that that stops me, I never get upset. I don't get angry at all. Now, I used to, but not anymore. I just figure, well, God has been watching over me. He continues to watch over me. And maybe this event that stopped me from being down the road farther Maybe he's watching over me right now as well. And so I think we have to become very comfortable with our faith. And faith is something that we all need to build. We all need to grow. And I have more faith every day. Sometimes I don't know how I could have more faith every day. But I feel it. I just know that I know. And it's a great feeling knowing that you have Almighty God that's watching out for you, that's opening doors for you, that's closing other doors for you. We serve a truly awesome God. And it humbles me that I know that God watches over me. And I know that God watches over all of his children. I know that I'm not any more special to God than you are. And that's the beauty of it. God loves all of his children. And God is no respecter of persons. And so I don't think he loves me more than you or you more than me. I think it just is what it is. God loves us. And that's what it is. I've had a lot of other God moments I wanted to give you some recent ones, and I wanted to give you a couple of the bigger ones. But I've had so many God moments in my life, and those are moments that I live for. And they never shock me. They never surprise me. I don't expect them, but when they happen, 
I don't wonder about it. I just know where it comes from. And I hope each and every one of you can experience God moments every day of your life. Because God is involved with our lives every day of our life. From before we were conceived and God knew us in the womb. So God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he's here for us. And I hope that someone has got something from this message today. And what I really hope that you got more than anything else was a reassurance that God is real, God is love, God loves you, he watches over us, and I hope that it helped build your faith. Because everything I've said this program has been total truth. I haven't embellished anything. And I'm going to leave you with one more God moment before I sign off. I was a listener to Truth to Ponder, just like you are. And one night on the show, Bob Bierman asked who was listening and where they were listening from because he was trying to make a decision on where he wanted to continue his broadcasting. Because lots of the stations, we have to purchase the airtime. So Bob purchases the airtime, and then he relies on support from his listeners for him to continue. And so I sent a very simple email that, Hi, Bob, I love your show. I listen to you all the time. I get lots of information from you, and this is where I'm listening. And then I mentioned that I was one of those that was deemed unessential, and so I didn't have, the, I didn't have any money to send him. But I did want to send him my prayers and my support, but I couldn't send any money. Well, the next day I get an email from Bob Bierman, and I sent him this little short email that was two or three sentences. He sent me several paragraphs. It was almost like a small book. And I knew right then that God had told him something, because it was nothing that I had written that would cause his response to me like he did. Well, several days later, Bob sent me an email and asked if we could talk on the phone. And again, I knew that was God. It had to be. And so I said yes. And then we had a nice, very long conversation on the phone, several hours. And Bob Behrman is a wonderful man. And what you hear on the radio, that's Bob Behrman. He doesn't, he doesn't have a show business part to him. Bob Behrman is just Bob Behrman. So when you talk to him on the phone, it's like listening to his show. He's just Bob Behrman, and which is very refreshing. Well, God had put it on his heart to speak to me. And then I was a guest on Truth to Ponder. He had me as a guest. And then we had several really nice comments, and we had a good response. And it's through Bob Behrman that I'm broadcasting. So here's this old geezer up in Nebraska, out on the farm, living off-grid, and I get a phone call from a radio talk show host and a podcaster, and he happened, at that time, he was in Georgia. And so, you tell me that God didn't put Bob Bierman and me together. You can tell me that, but I won't believe you. 
because God opens doors. And God finally revealed to me the reason I was spared. And he spared me for one reason. So I could help people. Very simple. No more complex than that. And so that's what I try to do when I guest host on Truth to Ponder. I know I talk about some issues sometimes that are not very pleasant. And I know this show I had to mention the crisis in the food places that are getting burned up. And I hate to have to do that, but we can't stick our head in the sand either. But I hope that when I get on Truth to Ponder, I hope that my appearances here builds your faith. I hope it encourages you. Because believe me, if God could love a person like me, he could definitely love a person like you. Because I'm nothing but a miserable sinner. And God's in the business of saving miserable sinners. And so if you have this idea of me that I'm this guy in a three-piece suit and I'm a pastor's son or whatever, no. Nothing could be further from the truth. No, I'm just a rough old rancher out here, kind of homesteading out here on the range. And so, like I say, if God can speak to me and can help me in my life, he can definitely speak to you and help you with your life. And so I ask all the listeners to Truth to Ponder, please be still and let God be God and be receptive. And always know that no matter what happens in this crazy world, we've already won. We already have victory in Jesus. All the rest is just icing on the cake. If you would like to support Bob Behrman and his ministry, that would be very much appreciated. You can send a check or money order, and you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 3248, in Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, 32536. And again, I want to thank Bob Behrman for having me guest host. And more than that, I want to thank you for listening and thank you for supporting Truth to Ponder. I truly appreciate it. And so until next time, be still. Let God be God. Stay safe. Stay well. But most of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth. The number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.